G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It is time to speak to a new interview, a new guest coming through on our show. And I'm absolutely pumped to introduce you to her. It's someone I've actually known for quite a long time. We haven't seen each other for a long, long time, but a big part of my cricket journey. And I'm welcoming in Michelle Hare, who at the moment is the toast of, well, not only Cricket New South Wales, but Cricket Australia, as she's going to be coaching our blind Cricket Australia side coming up. And uh, Michelle, thanks for answering my text message and being available for the show. Oh, Jen, thanks for reaching out and really, really happy to, to be with you tonight. Oh, it's super cool. And I just, let's start straight off the bat. Like we obviously, you were a coach of mine when I was playing for Cricket New South Wales back in the day. Yeah. Uh, you're yourself a Cricket New South Wales player of note and you've stayed obviously involved in the game for a long, long time giving back as a coach. How did you find your way across into the role you're currently doing? I saw it, uh, the ACA sent out a, an ad mm. uh, because Blind Cricket were looking for, for coaching staff or, you know, not... Uh, sort of mainstream cricket coaching coaches that haven't hadn't played blind cricket. And I thought, look, it looked really interesting because I'd never come across blind cricket before and I was I was interested in terms of it being a bit of a, a challenge and also I was curious. So I applied for the role and luckily I got it and I then went to Brisbane for a selection camp because the guys were... They were heading off to India, actually, and uh, that's how, that's where my journey began. Oh, brilliant. And how do you – obviously, you've been coaching, as I just mentioned, for, for years and years and years. How have you found this from a, a curiosity perspective, but also the cricket talent going around in this space? Have, have you just really found this to be a totally rewarding coaching experience? Absolutely. So it is challenging because you've got – so there's three different blind uh, categories or sight categories within the team. You've got your B1s, and so they're like your totally blind players. Mm-hmm. You've got your B2s, which have they have about 5% sight, so they might have like a really small tunnel that they look through. Okay. And then you have your B3, so that they've got the most sight out of all of your players. So within a, within a team, you've got to have a minimum of um, four B1s then and a maximum of, of B3s because your B3s have got your best sight. So gotcha. when you're coaching, you look at the game with a more open-minded sort of approach because it's very different. It, it's different but very similar to what we call red ball cricket. So red ball cricket being your, your normal everyday sighted cricket. So it's kind of like opening a door mm. And then walking down a corridor, but then opening all these little other doors so that you can piece together a training regime for each site category, if that makes any sense. So like over the years, we've we've gone to softball because mm-hmm. the ball, the uh, guys bowl underarm. So, you know, we've looked at how to improve their bowling, yeah. um, how to different techniques, that sort of stuff. So, you know, we've looked at other sports. We've looked at hockey in terms of, the way our B1s feel, so similar to a hockey goalkeeper, except mm-hmm. they don't have all that padding. So it's been really good because we've 
we've been able to look at other sports and, and how they train and what they do, but then we've also looked at mainstream cricket because there's a lot of similarities in terms of the technique when the boys are batting and the fielding. So, you know, we 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 still use throwing coaches and fielding coaches and the fielding is very uh, similar, yep. except that obviously when you're doing a, um, a fielding practice, you've got to take into consideration the fact that some of the boys don't have any depth perception, so their range of catching is limited. Yeah, right. And other boys have really good catching skills. So you have to practice with those that have really out, good outfield catching skills and then you have to modify all the drills to cater for those boys that don't have that long-range fielding skill. So it's challenging, but as I said, it's it's really – it's also challenging in a – in a good way from coaching because you're always thinking of ways to improve the boys in a more technical sense. Mm. So, you know, a lot of biomechanics, that sort of stuff. So it's easy, but it's also quite difficult. And in that way, it's quite challenging. And being, I mean, these are the the national inclusion squads being named. I think it was sort of last week. Games coming up mm-hmm. for your side in particular against New Zealand. Uh, I think eighth um, to the seventeenth of June potentially, and in, in and around that area mm-hmm. of time. Huge, huge moment in all of these athletes' lives to get to represent Australia and to have the program seemingly to me as a, a bit more of an outsider, but have followed it a little bit uh, through my own work at cricket associations in time that we're resourcing now, we're giving the respect. And when I've been, I've done a few things with some of the WA squads, um, the inclusion squads here, and I've never thought anything other than I love these athletes and the way their teamwork, their respect for each other and their drive to get better. I I don't know whether I can actually do it justice with words. Yeah, no, look, Firstly, they're, they're all amazing because all of them have some form of a disability. So if you can imagine, some of the boys literally can't see. So mm. just the way they're able to get around, a lot of them don't need guidance. A lot of them are, I mean, they're all very, very self-sufficient. They're, you know, we've got within our group, we've got um, people, people that are lawyers, they're, you know, they're bankers. We've had, we've got one guy who's completely blind who's done the Sydney to Hobart yacht race. Oh wow! So, you know, they've just they're they're just amazing people. Their their strength and resilience is just phenomenal. Yep. And the fact that they can go out there and without any sight or very limited sight have the talent that they can have or do have to be able to hit a ball or catch a ball or bowl a ball mm-hmm. is just is amazing. It's just. It's quite inspiring, actually. Oh, it so, is. It is. such impressive athletes to be able to do it and um, and to do it to such a high level and put so much time into their own preparation. I think we often talk about, um, say, w- women's athletes and trying to make sure that we recognise the amount of time they put into it. I think in this area as well, this is something that you have to stop and say these guys are putting in additional time on top of work, on top of study, on top of everything, and they're representing their country. And I think it's just, it's why I wanted to reach out to you to have this conversation because often we don't give enough space to these areas that really deserve us to be like, get around you, you are playing for Australia. Oh, absolutely. And like you said, these guys give up a lot. They give up a lot of their time to train. Mm. 
um, not just you know just not just skills, but also all the fitness elements. Um, you know, we're going away for two weeks, so these guys are, are giving up ten days of work or ten days of uni or um, ten days of school to be yeah. to make themselves available to go away. Some of them have got family, so that's obviously a consideration for them. But yes, they're they're actually giving up a lot to be able to actually represent their country. So you do have to take, you know, your hats off to them because, as you said, they're all, they've all got full-time jobs or they're full-time studying mm. and then they've got to make time. And the other important thing to remember that sometimes I also forget is that these guys have to get somewhere either with public transport or taxis or Ubers or relying on their family members because because they're actually classes legally blind. They're not actually able to hold a, a driver's license. So, it's, you know, it's just... It's not as easy as just saying, oh, let's go down the park and have a, a little bit of a training session because then you've got to think, oh, how are the boys getting there? So Yeah, the time management you know, is a whole other level of um, you know, being elite with your time management and your commitment to the sport. It's not as simple as jumping in the car and, and driving 15 minutes to training. You have to plan that out. That's another, right. yeah, definitely area of, of commitment. Can't be questioned, can it? Now, is there any no. players, I know you, you don't want to uh, play favourites, but is there any players that we should be – on the lookout for from this tournament? Look, these all of these guys are amazing in their own way. They're all very different, but all very amazing. And I'd kind of like uh, everyone to watch all of them mm-hmm. because, you know, they're, they're, there are guys that have been there for a couple of years. There's some very young players. There are players that are in the squad for the very first time. So... Again, I'd like to say that they're all amazing, and I think we all, we need to have a bit of a look at all of them okay. um, because because they are very different um, in terms of their site category. So, yeah. you know, one might be outstanding, but the other one might be even more because of, of the site category category that he comes from. Of so. Course. Yeah, I'm not going to play favourites tonight. I'm (laughs) going to say that all these guys are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Which they are. So I think the last time international competition was back in 2018. So it has been a a fair while of of training and waiting for opportunity. So that makes this even more exciting. Uh, Can you give us some background into the fact you're not playing England, but instead going to play our trans-Tasman rivals and and take on the Kiwis? Yeah, well, as you said, our last tournament we played was in 2018 and then obviously... Uh, we came on board with Cricket Australia and so the plan then was just to to build a really strong base of, of players from what we had and potentially what was coming through. So okay. then, of course, COVID hit and mm. whilst we were meant to go to England to play uh, Asher Series over there, that, that never happened. So it all sort of came down to this series in June. Um, England, unfortunately, the blind... England had to withdraw from the tournament and look New Zealand have done an amazing job to put together a team and find funding of their own to be able to come over and play against us in June so we are extremely grateful that they've managed to do it I think we managed to put everything together in about a week so we're all really excited that we we are just playing international cricket again and um, as I said, the New Zealand uh, team has, has been phenomenal in, in putting together a team in r- roughly about two weeks. Okay. So, 
yeah, it's going to be good. Oh, it is going to be. all I can say. It is going to be great. <laughs> now, back in on the 20th of May, I saw um, that you were honoured with uh, a, a, like a, um, a major Cricket Australia National Community Cricket Award um, for Inclusion and Diversity Initiative. So talk, yeah. tell us quickly about that. So that was all about Cricket for All. So it was like a four-week program whereby I worked with some kids that have got a variety of disabilities, so some cerebral palsy or some of the kids had some ADHD. And it was all about just getting them together and running a few little drills just to kind of help their gross motor skills. Yeah. Um, and again, that was that's just a lot of fun because you're teaching kids some skills but using different things like bean bags and you know, lots of yeah. batting tees and I love it. Just getting the kids to yeah, they just you know, throw a throw a bag into a hoop or or you, you play your game where they're you just lobbing a ball to them or just keeping them engaged for an hour and but at the end of the day they're actually just using their hands, using their hand eye coordination. Um yeah, so you know, it was a was an award that I won for having a great deal of fun with a with a really lovely group of kids. So That's so good, Michelle. I, I, I'll end it here with you, but thank you for spending time with me and the overnight crowd here on the Sports Entertainment Network. Um, going back to, you know, how you, you've inspired my coach, coaching career and playing career from way back, and I think you definitely continue to live and breathe and show the actions of, uh, I remember, um, statements from yourself about leaving the game in a better place and you found it. And to see you still doing all of this stuff is, it makes my heart happy. So uh, thank you so much for chatting to me tonight. Oh, thanks, Jen. And mm -hmm. just to let you know, all the games from this series will be streamed live. So oh. I'm sure there'll be something uh, put out by Cricket Australia okay. just in terms of links and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it'd be great. I'll if, make sure. Um, as many people watched it as possible. Brilliant. And maybe we can catch up uh, either during the tournament or, or post it and yeah. get an update if, you, if you're willing. Yes, no, that'd be great. And I'll make sure that uh, you get the links as well. Oh, that'd be great. Michelle Hare joining us. She's the head coach of the National Blind Team for Australia. And uh, hope you enjoyed that chat. I definitely did reaching out to an old friend and an old mentor as well. More to come here on the flip side here on the Overnight Crowd. You know the numbers. Get in touch after this. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.